As numerous Biden officials have said in recent weeks, the goal is to take back Crimea. Now, wait a second. At the beginning, they said, let's just push Russia back to pre-February 2022 borders. That seemed kind of reasonable to most people, including us. But taking Russian Crimea from Russia, its essential port, well, Russia has said many times, and there's every reason to believe them, that would lead to nuclear war. But that's the new plan? Was this voted on? That's truly crazy. Every conspiracy theory about Ukraine starts somewhere. This one starts with a naive idea that Crimea was happily Russian and was inexplicably gifted to Ukraine unprompted by Khrushchev on a whim. In reality, the peninsula was suffering the effects of the Second World War, as well as the absence of infrastructure. Crimea struggled to support a mass migration of Russian citizens who were unaccustomed to the climate and largely unprepared to develop it. Before it came under Ukraine's stewardship, the region was rapidly declining into an uninhabitable swamp where the existing cities had no means of interconnecting. I'm Yulia, an independent political journalist, content creator, and most important of all, a concerned Ukrainian citizen. You're listening to FAQ U by Svidomi Media, your friendly neighborhood fact check for Russia's special disinformation operation. Today, we're once again discussing the world's most disputed peninsula, Crimea. Last week, we dug into who it really belongs to. That would be Kirimli, or Crimean Tatars, with one of the representatives of the population, a director of the Ukrainian Institute and founder of literary project Crimean Fig, Ali Maliyev. This week, we're looking at Crimea from a Slavonic perspective, but plot twist, not Russia's fables, the real history. But first, let's hear those Russian fairy tales adopted and perpetuated by Western media. Give it up to our favorite, Vice News. This is Crimea in early 2017, nearly three years after the Russian takeover. It is the day of the founders of the fatherland. In other words, a very patriotic celebration, particularly for the people of Sevastopol who use this day to celebrate their pride in Russia. In a controversial referendum, over 95% of Crimeans voted to join Russia in 2014. Though the annexation and the referendum are not recognized internationally, many of the Crimeans we met were eager to obtain their Russian citizenship. A lot of Crimeans are hoping for a return to the peninsula's glory days, when it was known as a popular tourist destination for Soviet elites, vacationing along the Black Sea coast. You know what? FAQ this ridiculous oversimplification. Let's sort it out. You have already heard of the events of February 20th, 2014, when a large group of unmarked soldiers known as Little Green Men entered Crimea with arms and effectively occupied it, presenting themselves as a neutral militia. They were, in fact, Russian armed forces, there to annex the peninsula to their fatherland. Then, they oversaw an illegal and unconstitutional referendum with the intent to falsify proof that Crimea was eager to join Russia. But Russian forces didn't just show up in Crimea in 2014. The first separatist movement under Russian direction occurred as early as 1994, three years after Ukraine's proclaimed independence. The groundwork to Russify the population started then and there. 2014 wasn't the first attempt at annexation either. In 2003, Russia tested the waters with the conflict at Tulsa Island, largely believed to be the beginning of the end. 2014 served as the official year of Russian de facto occupation with another mass migration of pretend ethnic Crimeans, actually Russian citizens, to the region. 
Joining us today is Pavlo Artemushin, lecturer and PhD in history of Ukraine, who will walk us through the de jure occupation that has been happening in plain sight for centuries, unnoticed. My name is Pavlo Artemushin. I am PhD historian, uh, researcher at the Ivan Kripakevich Institute of Ukrainian Studies of the National Academy of Sciences of Ukraine. User at Existential on Twitter seems to think that, quote, You are suggesting I need to know Ukrainian in Crimea, a place where Ukrainian was never a thing because it was always Russian? Are you going to cheer on when the Kyiv Nazis murder three million Russians in Crimea? End quote. So, what's the real history of Crimea, since it wasn't always Russian? I will no longer mention the times when the Crimea became the home of the Cimmerians or Kimirizi in Ukrainian, Scythians, Scythe, Goths, or ancient Greeks who founded their colonies there even before the birth of Christ. During the Middle Ages, Crimea was a place of active contacts, primarily commercial and cultural, between Kiev and Rus and the Byzantine Empire. And in the 13th-15th centuries, this was also the territory where the Genius and Venetian republics spread at their influence. At the same time, the year 1559 is considered the founding time of the Tatar Crimean Khanate, as after almost three decades it became a vassal of the Ottoman Empire, and in this status uh, it existed until the end of the 18th century. What about Russia? Uh, the first campaigns of the Moscow army directly to the Crimea were organized only at the beginning of the 18th century, and during this century the conquest of the Crimea by the Moscovites gradually took place. In particular, in 1736, Russian troops crossed Perekop, reached deep into the peninsula, and burned Bakhchisarai. It was Crime Tatar's capital. In the next war between the Russian and Ottoman empires, which took place in 1768-1774, uh, in 1771, Russian troops occupied the Crimea. According to the terms of the Kuychuk Kaneji Peace Treaty of 1774, the Crimean Khanate ceased to be a vassal of the Ottoman Empire and became independent. Also, we understand that it was a very formal independence under the control of Russia, especially since the fortress located both in the Crimea and near it in Kerch, Yenikade, Kintburg, Azov, and Kabarda became Russian fortresses, and uh, Russian garrisons remained in Crimean cities. This is a great time to mention Catherine the Great. Was she really that great? So much greatness for one sentence. After the de facto subordination of Crimea to the Russian Empire in 1771, but even before the peninsula was officially incorporated into Russia. Empress Catherine II decided that the local Christians, who consisted mainly of Greeks and Armenians, should be resettled on Russian territory. In one and a half months, in August and September of 1778, more than 31,000 Christians were forcibly resettled first in the Dnipro, the Parisian lands, 
but later they moved to the other region in the Lower Don region. Uh, finally, on April, the 8th of April in uh, 1783, uh, Catherine II issued a manifesto on the acceptance of the Crimean Peninsula, the island of Tamany, and the entire Kuban site under the Russian state. The Crimean Khanate was liquidated and Crimea became part of the Russian Empire. After 1783, the first wave of mass immigration of Tatars from Crimea began. Greeks and Armenians were settled as early as 1778. At the same time, the peninsula was actively populated by new residents, in addition uh, Russians, Ukrainians. Uh, Sevastopol was founded in 1783, Sevastopol in uh, 1784. These towns will later become uh, the largest and central on the peninsula. In the middle of the 19th century, for a certain period, there were even more Ukrainians than Russians in the Crimea. But in 1897, Russian made up nearby 33%, Ukrainians uh, 12% of the population. Uh, as in the territory of Ukraine in the 19th century, Russians settled more in towns and Ukrainians in villages. Well, this fella under username Androman1767395, we love a username with a bunch of numbers following it, seems to think that, quote, Crimea was never Ukrainian territory, end quote. Should we tell him about the relationship between Crimean Tatars, the indigenous people of Crimea, and Ukrainians? Maybe uh, there was uh, more friendly relations between Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars because uh, these two nations lived uh, in uh, villages uh, at the time when the Russians lived uh, in town and um, uh, this communication uh, were, um, was spread between Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars. Uh, among them, uh, there were also Georgians, uh, Greeks, Armenians, Serbians, Bulgarians, uh, which lived before uh, in the Ottoman Empire, uh, when Crimean was in fact a part of this empire. And after that, they appeared in the Russian Empire after uh, Crimean annexation uh, at the end of 18th century. How did the population of Crimea change after World War II? And also, let's respond to user at Tamar Tech and his clearly very false belief that, quote, Crimea was never defended by Ukrainian fellows from Nazi Germany, end quote. Thank you. The population of Crimea changed uh, significantly after the Second World War. Uh, for example, if in 1939 1 million and 100,000 people lived there here, uh, by the summer of 1944 the population had decreased to nearby uh, 380,000 people. In particular, due to the fact that in August of 1941, more than uh, six 60,000 Germans were evicted from the Crimea. And in 1944, a total of more than 200,000 people among Crimean Tatars, Armenians, Bulgarians, and Greeks were deported from peninsula. 
As already mentioned, the peninsula was most intensively developed by the Russian, I mean uh, in the case of population, and at this time of the first post-war population census uh, of uh, 1959, uh, Russians accounted for almost 72%, uh, and 22% accounted Ukrainians. In 1989, the total population of Crimea was 2,400,000 people, including uh, 1,600,000 Russians, more than uh, 600,000 Ukrainians, 50,000 Belarusians, and nearby four, uh, 40,000 Crimean Tatars. Some Germans, Armenians, Bulgarians, and Greeks also returned from deportation. And a very significant figure is that nearby 50% of the population of Crimea were born outside its borders. So it was uh, people uh, which came from the other region, primarily from Russia, from Soviet Russia, after the Second World War. And how did those newly Crimean Russians adjust to the climate? Didn't they come from regions that were very mm, different? Uh, yes, uh, primarily these Russian people came from the Kursk and Voronezh regions, the Volga region and the northern regions of the Soviet Russia. And it's, it is a very interesting fact that uh, there was little benefit from them. They were not used to the Crimean climate, did not know the local features of agriculture in the mountains and the steppe condition, and therefore did not manage the post-war economy with uh, sufficient quality. In addition, uh, I want to say that the post-war conditions uh, in Crimea were horrible. First of all, post-war ruin on the peninsula created uh, a lot of difficult economic situation. Depopulation, uh, after mass deportations of uh, nationalities, uh, also the shortage of drinking water, which could only be sold by the construction of the canal, special canal. Maybe it was one, three, four reasons that why uh, Soviet government uh, agreed uh, to uh, transfer Crimea from uh, Russian administration to Ukrainian Soviet administration, as for me. Many keyboard warriors on the internet, like this fellow right here, at scotty42 underscore 1917, we'll get back to him, believe that Russia developed Crimea because, quote, under Lenin, Crimea was never a part of the Ukrainian SSR, end quote. Let's shine some light on that, shall we? Yes, and in this context, um, I have found uh, some quotation from the party newspaper Krimska Pravda, the Crimean Truth. It was uh, the newspaper of local Communist Party. Uh, and uh, this um, newspaper wrote on January of 17th in 1954. It was before the official transfer of Crimea to Ukraine. Uh, the quotation is the next. Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, sends here powerful mechanical loaders, automatic dosing devices for concrete plants. Kharkiv provides tower and electric bridge cranes, 
tractors. Mikolaev conveyors for concrete plants, bulldozers. Nipperpetrovsk and the Baitseve, through sinks for enterprises that produced flax limestone. Berdyansk, road cars. Kamenchuk, asphalt concrete mixers. Preluki, mortar carriers for the mechanization of plasteric works. Melitopol, sands, compressors of the latest releases. So uh, we can see that several towns, cities of Soviet Ukraine, before the transfer of Crimea to Ukraine, help uh, to rebuild, uh, to reconstruct Crimea after the Second World War. So uh, this fact, this narrative that Crimea uh, was some gift uh, of Khrushchev uh, for Ukrainians, for Ukraine, are false. Uh, even from a legal point of view, the thesis that Khrushchev uh, gave Crimea to Ukrainians is false, because Khrushchev did not legally implement this de decision, even in the context of law. Really? Let's expand on that. In September of 1953, at the plenum of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of Soviet Union, dedicated to the problems of agriculture. The issue of the catastrophic state of the Crimean economy was separately considered. The leading branches of Crimean economy, horticulture, animal husbandry, viticulture and winemaking were in deep decline. The decline of Crimea was assessed by Nikita Khrushchev, newly elected first secretary of the Central Committee of the, of the Communist Party of Soviet Union, when he decided to secretly travel to the peninsula in October in 1953. His son-in-law, the Soviet journalist and publicist Alexei Ajibey, went with him. At the beginning of 1954, a report on the state of agriculture of the Crimean region was drawn up for the partly leadership under the label secretly. There it was said that by 1954 the area of crops in Crimea had decreased by 70,000 hectares compared to 1940. Out of city collective farms only three were somehow able to sow the fields and harvest. The construction of the housing stock was almost 50%. At in the end of 1953 there were only three bread shops, 18 meat shops, 8 dairy shops, 2 fabric shops, 9 shoe shops, 5 building materials shops, and 28 book shops in the whole of Crimea. So on 25th of January in 1954, a meeting of the Presidium of the Central Com Committee of Communist Party of Soviet Union was held in Moscow under the chairmanships of the head of the Council of Ministers of the USSR, Georgi Marinkov. It is here that the final decision is made to transfer Crimea to the Ukrainian USSR. After that, the higher Council of the Russia, Soviet Russia and uh, of, of the USSR, uh, headed by Clement Voroshilov, issued the decree on the transfer of the Crimean Oblast from Soviet Russia to the Ukrainian SSR. It was on February of 19th February in 1954.
So, Khrushchev did not make any legal decision regarding Crimea, even if he wanted to. He shared power with influential people from the Stalinist world, chairman of the Presidium of the Supreme Soviet of the USSR, Clement Voroshilov, and the formal head of state and head of the Council of Ministers, Georgi Marinkov. So, Voroshilov signed uh, the handover decree and Marinkov presided over the party meeting where in the final decision of Crimea was made. Khrushchev signed nothing documents in this context. Now that we're all crystal clear on that, what did Ukraine do to develop Crimea? For example, in 1963, the fourth stage of the North Crimean Canal was opened, and it was completed even after the collapse of the USSR. This made it possible to develop agriculture, resort infrastructure, as well as launch a new industry for Crimea, industrial pond fishing. In 1958, the Ukrainian SSA government decided to build the Simferopol alushta yalta trolleybus line. The first line to Alushta was opened already in 11 months and was fully completed in 1961. For the world, longest trolley bus road, 96 kilometers, Czechoslovak Skodas were purchased. By the 1960s, housing, roads, hospitals, schools, ports, hotels, theaters, bus stations, boarding houses and architectural monuments were being restored in Crimea. This is how the peninsula turns into exactly that all-Union health reserve, the reputation of which was preserved until the time of independent Ukraine and exactly to 2014, uh, when the peninsula was occupied by Russia. Got it. Now on to my favorite fable. User at Nameless Cynic how fitting, thinks that, quote, Crimea was an autonomous republic. It was never Ukrainian. The majority have always favored Russia over Kyiv, even before the referendum, as shown in polls conducted by the U.S. If you are successful in taking Crimea, do you plan to deport 80% of the population who dislike you? End quote. On the 1st of December in 1991, a referendum on Ukrainian independence was held on the territory of the former Ukrainian SSR, and 28 million Ukrainians voted for at the time. This is more than 90% of those who took part in the voting. Despite the fact that the Act of Declaration of Independence received record support in the Western region, Donbass and Crimea also said yes to independent Ukraine, with a margin of 54% to 84% of votes. In particular, 54% of those who came to the election voted for independence in Crimea and 57% in Sevastopol. This, first of all, denies the current false thesis of Putin that during the withdrawal from the USSR, no one asked the people whether they wanted to leave the Soviet Empire, because it was precisely in the referendum that they asked. And secondly, it demonstrated that all regions of Ukraine advocated for its independence. So I think that these men and women uh, recognize that um, Ukraine built this channel, Ukraine built a, a lot of resorts, a lot of uh, local industries, and uh, they wanted to see the future 
uh, inside within Ukraine and not within in Russia, even the local Russians. So when did the first cases of separatism appear in Crimea? Was it 2014 or maybe sooner? Crisis led by Yuri Mishkov. When we had uh, the first case of pro-Russian separatism uh, in Crimea, uh, in post-Soviet condition, in the 1980s, Yuri Mishkov worked as the prosecutor's office of Crimea, then became a lawyer. Uh, in 1990, he was elected a deputy of the Crimean Regional Council. Since 1991, the Verkhovna Rada of the Autonomous Republic of Crimea, he was elected uh, to this council. Uh, and uh, Mishkov was more radical than other generally pro-Russian deputies of this council. Since 1991, his Republican Party of Crimea has demanded a referendum uh, on the independence of the peninsula and held regular pro-Russian rallies, at which Mishkov called for separatism and against the return home of Crimean Tatars. In October of 1993, the Verkhovna Rada of Crimea created a new position, President of the Republic of Crimea, also it did not have uh, the authority to do so. In January of 1994, the presidential elections were held, in which Mishko won, gaining uh, more than 72% of the votes in the second round. Most of the other candidates were also pro-Russian. Mishkov did not have a clear political program except for pro-Russian, anti-Ukrainian and anti-Tatar slogans. Uh, the Ukrainian authorities did not interfere in the openly separatist politics of the local Crimean leadership. Mishkov quickly took control of the Crimean Ministry of Internal Affairs, another force that Mishkov relied on the Crimea is local criminality. In the spring of 1994, Mishkov decided to employ his men to the Crimean Security Service of Ukraine. This caused concern for the head of the SBU at the time, Yevhen Marchuk, who convinced uh, Levit Kuchma that it was necessary to act in advance, until Mishkov officially began to call on Russia to help separate Crimea from Ukraine. The operation was developed by Marchuk himself, his first deputy, Valery Malikov, the head of Alpha, was Del Krutov, and his deputy, Vitaly Romanchenko. The situation was difficult. The local police already obeyed Mishkov and controlled all the roads at the entrance to the Crimea. In addition, Russian Cossack patrols roamed the peninsula, and the presence of the Black Sea fleet had to be taken into account. The Russians did not intervene in the events at the time, but could do so at any moment. The operation began uh, on 19th of May, May 1994. The day before, by order of Mishko, the signed security service of Ukraine was knocked down from the building. It became clear that the separatists were beginning to act. After the new next three months, the Kyiv Special Forces of Alpha managed to stabilize the situation. In March of 1995, the Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine officially abolished the unconstitutional position of so-called President of Crimea, Yuri Mishkov, and uh, he left for Russia. The participants of the operation say that they prevented 
the laws of Crimea without firing a single shot, they simply appeared at the right time in the right place. Unfortunately, this is not mm, uh, applicable to the mm, events uh, of the spring of 2014. This very pity, but we had that we had. Mishkov was so uh, anti-Ukrainian and anti-Tatar person, and uh, in the 1990s, it was a very actual, uh, very relevant problem. Uh, when uh, Crimean Tatars returned from the place of uh, deportations to Crimea, and uh, Russians, uh, which lived in the former houses of Crimean Tatars, uh, lived here, and, and there were a lot of conflicts in this area. And yes, Mishkov played on these slogans that we are against Tatars, we are against Ukrainians, we are. Uh, for Russia, and uh, yes, uh, R Russia will protect us. Yes, uh, and we remember uh, these two uh, horrible movies, uh, Brother and Brother Second, uh, when uh, one of the heroes of this movie, the brother of the main uh, character, said to the Ukrainian diaspora representatives, you will um, reply for Sevastopol, you will reply for Crimea, uh, and all Russia will protect all Crimeans, Russians. He said it to the Ukrainian diaspora, which lived uh, in the USA from the beginning of the 20th century, when the not Soviet Union uh, did not uh, exist. Moreover, Crimea is a Ukrainian Soviet Republic. So this was under Yeltsin, right? The super democratic Russian president who was so good. What about Putin then? Yes, the first accident that I mentioned, uh, it was at time uh, of Yeltsin presidency. And uh, the first accident under Putin uh, took place on September of 2003. Be Russians began building a dam from the Taman Peninsula to the Tuzla island which belonged to Ukraine. Leonid Kuchma, uh, stopping his visit to Latin America, personally visited the island where the Ukrainian border detachment was stationed. But fortunately, uh, in October of 2003, Russia stopped construction uh, after the Putin-Kuchma agreement, but border detachment remained on the island. At the time, the Russian Federation finally did not recognize Tuzla as Ukrainian territory, and after occupation of Crimea in 2014, Tuzla also appeared under the Russian occupation. And last, but certainly not least, user at PeterML1106-7532, mm, the numbers again, says that, quote, Crimea voted special referendum to become part of Russia three times. Putin actually denied them this the first two times in order to maintain peace. But then Ukraine attacked these people in Crimea. Third time, Putin had no choice but to help these people, and now same for Donbass. End quote. February of 2014, armed men in uniforms without identification marks appeared in Crimea and seized the building of the Verkhovna Rada of Crimea, the higher concealed. 
of Crimea, the Sephiropol airport, the carriage ferry crossing, other strategic objects, and also block the actions of Ukrainian troops. The Russian authorities initially refused to recognize that these armed men were servicemen of the Russian army, but later, maybe, uh, maybe in April or in May of this year, Russian President Vladimir Putin admitted that it was, in fact, the Russian military. On the 16th of March uh, in 2014, a referendum on the status of the peninsula, unrecognized by most countries of the world, took place on the territory of Crimea and Sevastopol, as a result of which Russia included Crimea in its composition. Uh, neither Ukraine nor the European Union or the USA recognized the results of so-called referendum vote, uh, but um, on 18th of March, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin announced the accession of Crimea to Russia, so-called accession, really. So, but now international organizations recognize the occupation and annexation of Crimea as illegal and condemned Russians' actions. Western countries introduced economic sanctions, Russia denied the annexation of the peninsula and calls it restoration of historical justice. Uh, finally, the, the Verkhonorado of Ukraine officially announced uh, February the 12th, the 20th of February of 2014 as a start date of Russia's temporary occupation of Crimea and Sevastopol, which uh, continues to nowadays. In your opinion, what could have we as Ukrainians done better in Crimea? Where have we gone wrong? In Crimea took place festival Chervonoruta. It was festival uh, of Ukrainian spoken singers. And I think that it was very, very, very powerful argument uh, in the case of Ukrainization of Crimean after the collapse of the USSR. Uh, in, but it was maybe one moment uh, in old 23 post-Soviet history of Crimean within Ukraine uh, before 2014. A lack of control after military service, local military service, service of internal affairs, uh, service uh, of uh, special affairs, of local army, of, yes, of course, of fleet, uh, fleet, Russian fleet, uh, which remained uh, in Sevastopol after USSR collapse. In the result, uh, Russian fleet in Crimea was one of the polar, uh, which created good uh, conditions for uh, Crimean uh, occupation in 2014. Also, there was lack of cultural politics. I mentioned the festival Chironaruta, but it was one fact in 1995 in uh, 2000s, in, in 2010s, uh, we saw total Russification not only of Crimea, but of whole Ukraine uh, in a Ukrainian mass media, in Ukrainian uh, area of uh, music, of cinema, or of everyday life. 
Uh, and we we had a situation when majority of Ukrainian of Crimean pupils did know Ukrainian language, Ukrainian literature, Ukrainian theater, Ukrainian cinema. Uh, and yes, we had Crimean inside uh, Ukraine, but we not we don't have Ukrainian Crimea in the sense of culture of security service, and even in sense of economics, because a lot of local factories, agricultural businesses uh, were in the hand of Russians. Uh, and it was not only in 2000, but in 1990s. So economics, uh, culture and politics in the field of security service, maybe it was these three things that uh, were key uh, before 2014. I want to say Slava Ukraini, and uh, I hope that when this podcast uh, will appear, uh, we will talk about the revival Crimea, Crimea in Ukraine. Our um, head of general uh, service uh, governments uh, said uh, maybe yesterday that we will uh, come to Crimea very soon so maybe it will will be in the next two weeks maybe and that'll be from our guests today join me on the next episode as we continue to bring facts to the battlefield of Russia's special disinformation operation and in the meanwhile if you'd like to be filled in daily on everything that happens in Ukraine as well as hear some sassy responses to Russian trolls don't forget to follow me on YouTube TikTok and Instagram at Y-E-W-L-E-E-A and don't forget to extend that same courtesy to Svidomi Media also linked in the description of the podcast. Well, toodles and FAQU, Russia and your special disinformation operation.